Journey to the Nativity, brought to you by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society. The Feast of Christmas, celebrating the birth of Jesus, is one of the most joyful days of the Orthodox Church. It's also known as the Incarnation of Christ. As Orthodox Christians, this means that we celebrate that Jesus became a man and came into the world to save us. This is the journey to the Nativity. chapter 10 verses 18 to 20 we read you'll be brought before governors and kings for my sake as testimony to them and to the gentiles but when they deliver you up do not worry about how or what you should speak for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak for it is not you who speak but the spirit of your father who speaks in you on the 25th of November, we commemorate an example of one who received precisely what to say when brought before a king, the holy great martyr and all-wise Catherine of Alexandria. Catherine was of royal lineage and was educated by the finest philosophers. She acquired a perfect understanding of the philosophical systems of Plato, Aristotle and their disciples. She excelled in literature and knew all the works of the great poets from Homer to Virgil. She learned many languages and was trained in medicine and the art of rhetoric. She became well known and admired for the great wisdom and astounding beauty God had given her. When she was 18 years old, many sought her hand in marriage, but Catherine refused them all. She arrogantly asserted that she would only accept someone who equaled her in nobility, riches, beauty, and wisdom. Catherine's mother, a secret Christian, sent her for advice to her own spiritual father, a saintly elder who lived in a cave not far from the city. The elder told Catherine that he knew of someone who surpassed her in everything, such that his beauty was more radiant than the sun, his wisdom governed all creation, and his riches spread throughout all the world. That night, the mother of God appeared to Catherine, but Christ turned his back to her and would not look at Catherine. 
saying that she was ugly and unclean because she was still subject to sin and death. Grief-stricken, Catherine went back to the ascetic who instructed her in the faith of Christ. And after she learned about the wisdom of God, she humbly asked to be baptized. Banaya appeared to Catherine again with Christ in her arms, who said to his mother with joy, now I will accept her as my most pure bride, for she has become radiant and fair, rich and truly wise. As a pledge of his heavenly betrothal, he placed a ring upon Catherine's finger. At that time, Emperor Maximian was in Alexandria for a pagan feast day and ordered all citizens to offer sacrifice to the idols. Catherine, wanting to make witness for the Christian faith to the many who were at the pagan feast, refused to make sacrifice and was brought before the emperor. She bowed to him, showing due respect, then boldly said, Know, O emperor, that you have been led astray, for the idols you serve are lifeless and subject to corruption. I invite you to come to know the one true God, who created and upholds all things by his word. For he is the almighty and all good God, who has no need of your sacrifices and takes no delight in the slaughter of innocent beasts, but commands only that we steadfastly keep his commandments. The emperor marveled at Catherine's wisdom, but afraid to be put to shame by her, the emperor said, it is not proper for the emperor to dispute with women. Instead, I'll assemble learned philosophers to debate with you then you will learn how groundless are your speculations and accept our beliefs. The emperor then sent out a decree throughout his empire, seeking that all the educated philosophers and orators attend Alexandria to debate against Catherine who mocked their gods. The finest 50 were chosen and Catherine was able to expose the foolishness of the pagan deities and belief in them and the inadequacies of pagan philosophy. The philosophers were left utterly amazed and speechless upon hearing Catherine's wise words. They told the emperor that they could not continue. We are unable to withstand her and the truth that she confesses. Enraged, the emperor instructed a great fire to be prepared in the city centre in which the 50 philosophers were to be burnt alive. Hearing their death sentence, the philosophers fell at Catherine's feet and pleaded with her to pray to Christ the true God to forgive their sins and make them worthy of holy baptism. She then traced the sign of the cross over each philosopher and with God's grace they proceeded with joy to their martyrdom. Their relics were buried and many came to believe because of them. The 50 philosophers are commemorated on the 17th of November. The emperor then commanded that Catherine be stripped naked and beaten with leather straps. For two hours, Catherine was mercilessly lashed on her back and stomach. Her blood pooled on the ground around her, but she endured, and those who watched marveled at her courage and endurance. She was then imprisoned, and the emperor instructed that no food or drink be given to her. The emperor's wife, Augusta, developed a great admiration for Catherine and after seeing her in a dream, sought to find a way to visit her in prison. She secretly approached a reputable general called Porfirios, who agreed to help her meet Catherine. That night, the general with 200 of his soldiers escorted the empress to the prison. 
They paid the guard and were allowed to enter and meet Catherine. When they saw Catherine, her face was radiating with divine grace. The Empress fell at her feet and cried, I count myself truly fortunate and blessed because I have been deemed worthy to see you. Catherine responded, You are also blessed, O Empress, for I see angels holding a crown above your head. This crown will be given to you in three days, after you endure only a few torments, and you shall depart unto the true king to reign forever. No tongue can tell of the good things the most blessed God who loves men has prepared for those who love him and keep his commandments. She taught them about Christ, the Saviour. The Empress, Porfirios, and the 200 soldiers all believed in Christ and peacefully departed. The next morning, the Empress summoned Catherine. Everyone was astonished to see her radiance and beauty that had not been affected by her ordeal. Then the Eparch, who was a cruel persecutor, wanting to please the Emperor, said, I know a torture, O Emperor, that will enable you to prevail over this maiden. Command that four wooden wheels be fixed to a single axle and have spearheads and other sharp weapons of iron driven through their rims. Order two wheels turned to the right and two to the left. Have the maiden tied down beneath them and the turning wheels will tear apart her flesh. But first show the wheels to her. Having seen them, I believe she will consent to obey you. Catherine was not intimidated. Realising that nothing could turn her from Christ, the Emperor ordered that Catherine be tied down and the wheels be turned. However, as the torture commenced, an angel broke the wheels apart. Seeing this miracle, the crowd cried out, Great is the God of the Christians! Then the Empress began to revile the Emperor, saying, Truly you are a fool, imagining you can do battle with the living God. The emperor was shocked that his wife had turned against him, and he had her tortured, mutilated, and finally beheaded. The general Porfirios secretly buried her body. The following day, Porfirios and his soldiers declared that they were also Christians. Shocked yet again, the emperor commanded that Porfirios and his soldiers be beheaded. Finally, St. Catherine was taken outside of the city. After a last prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord, who had revealed to her the infinite treasures of true wisdom, she was beheaded. St. Catherine's relics were taken to Mount Sinai by angels, and her fragrant remains are kept in the famous monastery of St. Catherine today. We will end this narration about St. Catherine as we started it with a quote from the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 18 to 25 For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of God for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent Where is the wise where is the scribe where is the disputer of this age has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, 
to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Saint Catherine is called the all-wise, not because of her worldly wisdom or education. She did not rely on herself or the supposed wisdom of this world. Instead, Catherine chose the wisdom of God, which is Christ himself. She made his life into her own, and this empowered her to defeat and enlighten the 50 philosophers, the empress, the general and his 200 soldiers, and many other onlookers. Like Christ's, her death was not in vain. According to the wisdom of the world, Catherine's beauty, education and virtues were wasted. According to God's wisdom, her soul radiated spiritual beauty, well-pleasing to her bridegroom. We hope that you've enjoyed this edition of Journey to the Nativity. For more spiritually edifying Orthodox talks and podcasts, be sure to head to orthodoxjourney.com.